Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often, they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California. This is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael. And today I'm really excited to have on the show Wendy Allenby, who I have known for over a decade. She is a third generation psychic, clairvoyant, an empath, and an internationally credentialed advanced angel practitioner spiritual teacher, and hypnotherapist, and some other things. But we're going to learn about that in the show. Before we get started, however, Michael has a few announcements. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our show. Um, and it's really great to have you here. Our subscribers keep growing. And that's one of the best things you can do for our show is go to YouTube and click subscribe and like. And YouTube pays attention to that. It helps to promote our show. And so it doesn't cost a penny, and it really does help us out. It makes us feel good to see new subscribers. So please go ahead and do that. Um, we have all kinds of great stuff coming up. We've got um, next week, Lama Kathy Wesley, and we're going to be talking some Buddhism with her and she's very popular and she's just a wonderful guest so join us for that um, you can get all the information on our shows on the website sixcentsociety.com s-i-x-t-h all spelled out and while you're there if you can afford to buy us a coffee on ko-fi it kind of helps us to cover some of our production costs for the show but we absolutely love doing the show and we're having so much fun with it and we look forward to just many 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 more seasons in front of us so getting into the middle of our fourth season now so pretty awesome so I don't want to take up too much more of our time since we have uh, a great guest today. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to you. So take it away, Krista. Thank you, Michael. I just wanted to let you know the sound was a little low on that. So just thought you might like to know. Uh, so welcome, Wendy. Hi, Krista. Thank you so much, Krista and Michael, for having me on your show. I adore you both. We adore you too. <laughs> and this is going to be so much fun. I realize there's so much I don't know about you, but it is amazing that we've known each other now I think 12 years is when I first started at the bookstore Mystic yeah. Journey is was yeah. uh, uh, 2010 yeah August of 2010 yeah and you were there already before that so yeah since our uh, first year it's a wonderful store so uh, it's amazing how time has has flown by I know. <laughs> gosh I know so the first thing you know I really don't know much about your childhood and how you came to um, see angels and how you realized you had something unusual and what was that like for you? So I'd like you to talk a little bit about your initial um, experience of discovering this. Yeah, so basically um, I was born and bred in Cornwall in England and in Cornwall our symbol is the Cornish pixie. So you grew up where there's fairies in the bottom of the garden and um, in the tin mines, there are Cornish pixies and so on and so forth. So everything um, with elementals and um, also spirits, that was very normal to me. Um, and both sides of my family um, are intuitive. So I was born with it. Um, it does make you feel isolated in a way, especially once you start school and you realise other children are not as empathetic or in tune in that way, whereas you feel every other kid's pain and so on and so forth. Um, but for myself, I know one of the major turning points, certainly for myself, it was something where I could see them, uh, spirit and angels. I could feel their presence also ghosts but that, that's another story <laughs> that gave me the willies but um as far as utilizing my intuition for example I know when I was a um young child my brother and I would pay, uh, play a game called pairs which in America is called uh, the memory game so you have an entire deck of cards and you shuffle them all up upside down and you have to remember what pair goes with which pair and if ever I started the game, I would put my hand over the cards and pick up an entire deck. And I do that consistently until my brother 
called out one time to our mother, Mum, Wendy's cheating again. <laughs> <laughs> so up and then to that. Um, but again, everything was very organic. And I felt it was just a, um, a natural and certainly innate part of my being. Now, it sounds like your family then supported the idea of you being able to see fairies or angels or spirits. And I know that yeah. that isn't always the case. I know. I was blessed. I, I certainly was blessed in that regard. Um, I know my, my grandmother on my father's side would literally have visions right in front of her face that always would come to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, and um, with my uh, grandmother on my mother's side, she would see people who crossed over as well. That was, so, so when you uh, hear that, it is certainly a blessing when you are an empath. Um, so, yeah. Uh, my mother was very supportive, though, certainly. She, she was the main force who was supportive in that way. But on the flip side, because I was so, so sensitive, for example, I found it very hard to, and troubling to get to sleep every night as a child because I would feel um, a heavier presence in my room. Certainly this was a uh, um, ghost energy, what I would call that. But also I would see other bizarre beings it was just how it was so consequently I was very nervous at mm. night time to go to sleep and um, consequently when I really wanted to expand as a child and um, believe me not that when I was growing up and a kid in the 80s it was normal to be a psychic it wasn't um, but I did want to expand and learn more and grow and go to like a seance for example and my mother certainly said no because she was concerned that I would see things that really uh, was <laughs> was scary for myself um but um yeah I've I've had different different instances in other countries for example where I've seen things and then I've been by myself in my youth um uh, my mother died when I was um uh, a young adult so um uh, just as I was um around 21 for example um and uh, I lived in Denmark and then I was in a house that actually had 13 rooms and it was absolutely haunted. And um, for example, one time the piano was playing, I mean, clear as day by itself. Mm. So then I'm like, oh my God, I've got to make a call to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness my mother helped to stay on the phone with me until someone came back home. So it, it's things like that where, yeah, I was supported in that way. There was an understanding there. As far as teaching me how to protect myself, uh, for example, I mean, nobody knew how to do any of that stuff or certainly nobody I knew mm -hmm. at that time. So um, uh, hence... As soon as I did become an adult and I started teaching uh, metaphysics, then that was something I made a point of doing is teaching others how to feel empowered and how to protect themselves. Now, does your brother have these abilities too? He does, My, but my brother lives um, in a very... Um, He's ultra-masculine, as I'm ultra-feminine, <laughs> and he deals with a lot of men um, who work um, uh, for him. So consequently, it's this very masculine environment mm. um, that he happens to be in in Dubai. So as far, And he's lived in Dubai for 30 years. Um, but as far as um, him allowing himself to get too much into his feminine aspect, as, as he refers to it... Um, it's very important for him that he does stay very grounded in his masculine energy. But does he have it? Yes, he does. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know um, you're a dancer still, but you were a professional yeah. dancer when you were younger. Yes. And, uh, th you know, a lot of artists have abilities, it seems like. And yeah. did was that something that helped you having, like, being sensitive and... And how did that work with the dancing um, from your point of view? Uh, and, and then how was it that you decided to go into dancing? Yeah, I literally have had career-wise two absolute loves in my life when I was a child. One was dance and one was metaphysics, uh, my absolute passions. Um, but again, the world of metaphysics, that wasn't a proper job by any means. Um, and at nine years old, um, I knew within my whole being that I wanted to be a dancer and when I was a child I did turn professional so um although when I went to the career counsellor when I was um in 
Americans equivalent of middle school and I said I wanted to be a professional dancer uh, the career counsellor looked me dead in the eye and said yes Wendy dear but what do you want to do for a proper job so then I had to make one up Um, but at that time I was already a professional dancer Um, but um, yeah I've been blessed with being able to do the two things two professions that I've always loved and always wanted to do yeah that's pretty sly of you to just set, kind of agree with the counselor and then meanwhile you're going to do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> I like that I didn't feel I was being sly I, I feel I had to appease her and do what she was telling me <laughs> very strict English upbringing so no you kind of do as you're told <laughs> so so it's true that when you know you and even I were growing up um you know, professional metaphysics. There were some professional readers I met, but they did it on the side. I don't know that I met anyone that ever could do it fully or was it accepted fully. And they were serious, like uh, psychics. I went to some, you know, kind of straight psychics and astrologers, but it's changed a lot. People make a livelihood from it. Um, I'm curious as to who you met early on that you thought maybe inspired you that you could do that or is it just something that evolved naturally for you to become professional with your abilities because not everybody even today does that yeah um again within my heart I was so anything pertaining to metaphysics I love working with mind body spirit anything metaphysical I was just automatically drawn to and I certainly feel that the universe was putting people into my path so um, I would um, uh, hear through somebody about certain psychics and then I'd go and see them although again they were using like um, um, uh, certain tarot that to me was very scary Um, the traditional tarot so hence I, I steered towards oracle and angel cards um but also for example there was one time where I happened to um uh, be visiting the UK and I was sat next to a beautiful German lady who was a Reiki teacher Reiki master and she actually felt drawn to um, attune me to Reiki for example for free and I've had all different magical things happen like that and just be aligned with it so I can't say it's any one um, tarot reader that um, helped to push me into it because I within my whole being I wanted to do that and then the universe absolutely assisted me in that way I would um, I would be um I can remember being sent uh, oracle cards and um, angel books years and years ago Mm. um, from uh, my brother and sister-in-law, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, When I moved to L.A., I was very much, um, I'd um, read all of a beautiful woman called Doreen Virtue, her, um, her work, and... Um, just a few weeks after my moving to California, LA, she was actually giving um, a, a workshop at the end of my street. Mm. I mean, it was crazy. And then she immediately um, said, oh, you should meet my son, who seemingly appeared from nowhere, Charles Virtue, who um, I absolutely adore. And then I assisted him for years. I um uh, was on the staff of Doreen Virtue, so on and so forth. So I just feel so blessed and honoured that the universe has put these people in my path. Yeah. You know, that that's also something that, that has changed. And I wanted to bring this up. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you know that no. Doreen Virtue has basically changed her path yeah. enormously. I and I was... Um, I kind of heard it later, to tell you the truth. I was just mm. on Facebook somewhere that she basically has denounced her own work. Correct. And um, yeah. I wonder how how did that affect you in terms of what you do now, and um, what do you what is your take on it? Yeah. Um, for one, I can't speak of what had her suddenly t- do a one eighty. Uh, in the way that she did I'm sure she has her own reasoning um for myself firstly it was the initial shock um I'd 
been with her so many times and um, uh, myself and everyone else. She was, uh, at the time, num- for our listeners, number one in the world when it came to the angelic realm, her books, her cards, so on and so forth. Um, she was absolutely adored. The second thing that happened for myself immediately was my heart went out for those who I knew adored Doreen and her work. Um, I had clients who were taken so back and didn't quite know how to process or handle it. So actually, that's that's what I went through, just when my heart just wanted to hold these people and let them know it was going to be okay, mm-hmm. because she really was adored. It's true. She really was. Yeah. And I think probably the work seems to be continuing. I, I, I listened to an older woman talk about it, and she still does her angel readings and has I think she has maybe about five of the, the decks and yeah and, and I think it seems like it's it the work if it's still connecting to you yeah uh, because people have their own personal journeys themselves yes. like even someone like Doreen has yeah. her own personal spiritual path absolutely and uh if it's something that it's working for you and helping people then I would say you know it it's a good thing to do yeah um, and it's not a, you know there, there are other examples of people changing completely what they thought of and becoming the opposite in all sort of careers and paths. Yeah. And also I feel um, when you have been honoured with seeing angels and also feeling or having that knowingness for those who aren't clairvoyant, and I do want your listeners to understand that if you cannot see anything visually, if you do not have that gift of clairvoyance there are many many top so to speak psychics on this planet that absolutely have never seen anything in their lives so I so I want you to understand that it's what you feel it's what you have with that knowingness so on and so forth listen to yourself trust yourself and your own intuition and allow that to guide you but coming back to those of us who have seen angels um throughout our lives and have that faith and that knowingness that angels, as they're beloved in religions throughout the world, as people have seen them throughout the world, um, then you um, still retain that knowingness. It doesn't go away because somebody else um, chooses a different path, and that's perfectly fine, each to their own. Um, I know those of us who can get these fabulous signs from the angels and that always stays with us I know there was one time where um I was um uh I was actually going to choreograph professionally this musical and um many years ago and the first day I got there on the stage at the front in the center were three large white feathers Mm. and the director of the musical stopped saw them and said oh my gosh how possibly did feathers get into the middle of the stage because it had all just been cleaned and swept for us to practice um the choreography so Mm. it's things like this where you just feel you can't make this stuff up and and people see this stuff on a daily basis um so just keep that faith and belief and love in your heart. It's all about having that love and being open-hearted and paying attention to the guidance that you receive for yourself and however you receive that guidance personally. Absolutely. And I love that you brought up the feathers because feather messages are very uh, popular as well as uh, Michael and I, we bo- both see all birds as angel messengers and yeah. they can be little, they can be big. I, I, I have so many stories from myself and other people with real birds. And I don't know, it's just, it always astonishes me still when I get a new message from a feather or a bird. And that's what I like when it interacts with you like that. Oh, it's magical. You've just reminded me of... Um just the other day where you and I were outside and that beautiful bird took a bath right by us. I mean, that was magical. That was, in the Buddha <sighs> statue, and it was in a little Buddha. kind of greenish bird. Yep. And, it, and it, was, yeah. it wasn't at all afraid. It was an exhibitionist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was really, it was amazing, actually. Yeah. It was. 
So I, I would, I'm kind of curious that I know that you see something with the angels. So can you describe how they appear for you? Yeah, for myself, they can come through in different ways. Certainly, um, one of the easiest ways for angels to come through is um, in an orb state. So cylindrical, a little circle. Um, guardian angels for me tend to be white. And um, if any archangels come through, they will be in specific colours. For example, the beloved archangel Michael, I see as a beautiful royal blue colour. Um, they can also come through with an outline in angelic form because this is the form as humans we we recognize for them then they can come through in that way and certainly I've seen them with so many clients as soon as I tune in to that client there could be a humongous angel um standing right behind them and guarding them and then I can describe their angel for them mm. um but I have also seen them come through rarer mind you for sure but come through in an actual full-on angel and angelic presence mm. and that is oh my gosh it is it, just phenomenal when you see that yeah mm. but the other thing is the thinking about it, archangel michael for example when i've closed my eyes and tune in he will be right in my face sometimes so i see like giant deep like phenomenal unconditionally loving eyes come through right in front of my face <laughs> Close up. <laughs> Close up. <laughs> Get in there, Archangel Michael. <laughs> it's never scary when it comes to the angelic realm. They are messengers from source, divine, universe, whatever you feel comfortable calling it. Um, unconditional love, absolutely. They are there to assist us, to serve us to be that loving presence so we can call upon them anytime we desire it's simply a case of remembering to ask for them to assist us as humans we have free will so by speaking to them asking them you can ask them telepathically um or you can um just um uh, communicate with them out loud depending where you are <laughs> now, have you ever had anyone come to you that that feels a little afraid of the angels only not because of, of course, they're negative, but just because the experience can be intense or they're not used to it or mm -hmm. they were brought up a certain way, like even though they come to you, sometimes people I find still have some things they've been taught that that are not really helpful for metaphysics. Yes, I mean, almost always absolutely no they never feel scared of the angelic realm at all no matter uh, what way they've seen them they, they just feel that love they feel safe they feel comforted so no um basically 99.9 percent .9 of the time but as you're saying when it comes to certain organized religions then it could be ingrained and programmed in them certain things from their upbringing um but as soon as fortunately they open up to me and i have that honor and blessing of speaking with them and then i can assist them in feeling uh, more comfortable and have a greater awareness and understanding of their role um yeah that's, now do you yeah. think that everyone naturally has a guard uh, at least one guardian angel that yeah. whole concept that at least as a kid i remember we all were told i don't even know who told me this because we don't really have we didn't have a religious background that yeah. you have a guardian angel yeah absolutely i do yeah i believe every single person has um ordinarily i see at least two they can have one that comes through more prominently than the other but i do believe that before we choose to come to this planet there will be um uh, guardian angels assigned to us to assist us in that way and so does do you think that means that it changes with what incarnation that you might need in an incarnation, you might need a certain different support system, or do you think there's one or two that carry with you throughout time? Yeah, I feel there can um, certainly be a knowingness of a presence when it comes to one's guardian angel, um, which is why we, we um, um, 
typically do not feel scared of that uh, presence at all. Um, as far as others coming through, um, I feel that depending on what, what we're going through within our life in, in, our, in a present lifetime, then the angels can change, but not your guardian angel or um, normally I, I, I see at least two, as I say, around people. I feel that um, they certainly can stay with you through the entirety of lifetimes, but certainly um, other an, uh, um, angels will switch up because we're constantly evolving and growing mm-hmm. um, in that way. Now, um, spirit guides to me are different because I do feel that spirit guides certainly are there to really keep us on track and on our path with life lessons that we came here to learn. So they can certainly be task masters to make us (laughs) um, learn our intended lessons and for myself personally I have the most beautiful beautiful gifted clients and um, I don't know one client that wants to come back and learn any of the lessons again (laughs) well good luck with that (laughs) just when you think you're through even in this lifetime absolutely bang you're like oops (laughs) yeah don't talk too soon yeah (laughs) That's what I found. Absolutely. There's something I heard that made me feel better on a theosophical channel. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking that in the very beginning of my journey, spiritually, this this lifetime, things were easier. Like I had like easier experiences in terms of connecting. And and then it's been really hard in some ways in the last five years. And what this one man said Mm. was that as you advance and which I'm not saying I am advancing, but if you are advancing, it actually gets harder. The The closer you get to whatever the pinnacle is going to be for you in that lifetime. Yeah. So maybe the, the closer you get to what you're trying to accomplish now, and we're not yeah. talking about like enlightenment, that it's actually harder. And yeah, that made some sense because yeah. I was working harder in some ways. And I thought, doesn't my experience like count? And and it, it made me relax a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so do you find that you've had surprise obstacles on your spiritual path since you've been doing it your whole life? Yeah. And it's not, it's something that's just so part of you Yeah. that, that have you sometimes felt like kind of shaken up in ways you didn't expect to with all the, you know, support you have spiritually? Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, uh, well, for myself, I, I certainly feel from, <laughs> from birth, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> Um, but as far as going through certain traumatic events, I see this with clients and certainly it's, um, uh, um, a lot of people's, um, uh, life experiences when one goes through certain specific traumas, that's when you really, uh, uh, can, can come to that place of, uh, um, really a, a strong faith and signs and guidance from, spirit from the angels um they can really um uh, step up and let you know that they are with you sometimes of course when we're going through certain uh, challenging or traumatic events we get so much in that mental headspace every human has to work with the egoic self and the mental headspace um so getting in one's head it it can be challenging then to hear them or feel them or see them. I always find with myself though, I've never been a loud and eager. Like if anything comes up at all, it gets smacked out of me by spirit in two <laughs> seconds. So I don't know what it's like to be in that space. Um, um, but no, I. Uh, um, you see that the most beautiful people get these uh, extremely, it's my experience with my clients, these insanely challenging and traumatic life experiences and events so um so yeah it's not a free pass when you're on a spiritual plane (laughs) it's work yeah it is work and it's also that daily practice and daily reminder so for example asking as soon as one becomes cognizant first thing in the morning um, that you receive clear signs and guidance from your angels and then thanking them for being with you and do you also have like some people have like a morning and an evening practice, like mm. before they go to sleep, even if it's something simple, do you do something before you go to sleep since you're going into the dream time and that you're very open, I know, in the dream time? Yeah, I am. Um, 
gratitude is definitely one thing that I do and I think it's a wonderful practice for that um, and also um, going over the day and just paying attention to any signs and guidance and information that you received in order to process it yeah and in the morning I certainly again um, begin with the gratitude and calling in the angels to be with me. Now, one thing I, I do say about you, I've known you for a long time, and I've been around a lot of psychics and readers of all kinds, and you really, truly are humble. I, I've never heard you ever brag or do things that, you know, it's common in all fields for people to be kind of showy, and and that doesn't mean one shouldn't take pride in things and, and be excited yeah. about our accomplishments. But yeah. I've honestly, and, and also I find that as a, a reader myself, you are super supportive to people. And again, this is not always true in the psychic world, maybe metaphysics, but sometimes psychics, at least in LA, I can't say everyone, yeah. can, there, there, there can be an element of, of not knowing how to support, or even, you know, if you ever worked on the, the boardwalk, they get pretty cutthroat, some of the psychics oh, down there. Wow. That was a long time ago, yeah, though, yeah. But, but it was yeah. a whole different kind of group of, of psychics and readers, and not all of them were like that, but some were... They were they were pretty vicious even. Oh gosh, and, um, that would not have been my environment. No, no, no I don't think it, that. Michael did all right with that because he he's kind of tough that way, you know. Uh, but I, I I think that I from my experience of you, and I'm, I'm not just saying that, is that you really um, I can see where you haven't been allowed to have uh, too too big of an ego. I've never seen it in you. <laughs> so. Oh, thank you so much, Krista. I really appreciate it. Thank you, my love. Now, I did want to talk. Now, I don't know if you call yourself a medium, but you did mention a thing about seeing ghosts and how that was really a little nerve wracking. And uh, I like what I like when I talk to people like you that have had this one in their childhood is it it's not so easy to accept. It's not like, oh, great, I see ghosts or I see angels. And yeah. to me, it makes sense because we're in a human body and we still have to kind of learn how to work in these different worlds and, yeah. and that it's not a necessarily an easy thing. Um, but do you consider yourself a medium as well? And then, and then what has been your journey with the whole ghost section of your experience? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing mediumship for many, many years. Um, but for myself, I mainly call myself an uh, angel practitioner and a hypnotherapist, um, as opposed to adding mediumship in there. Um, I used to work a lot with animals as well, so I would um, I, I've helped um, clients find their dogs, for example. That seemed to have been a common one back in the day, so I loved doing that. Um, um, but yeah. For myself, I mainly adore and appreciate assisting people on their spiritual path with spiritual growth, with teaching in that way, and with working with the angels. Yeah. And then earlier, too, I wanted to pick up on the idea of learning protection, because yeah. I think um, I think that's been a journey for most people, like finding out what works, yeah. finding out if it still works, yeah. like changing it up sometimes. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about what you do for protection and what, what has worked for you. Yeah. And I think one of the things um, for our listeners out there is that when, it, again, when it comes to the angelic realm, when it comes to loved ones on the other side of spirit, it will not be scary. Um, for example, if you have loved ones that pop in, it can be, oh my gosh, I can feel such and such to some people, or they could see someone out of the corner of their eye and that could freak them out. But again, if they listen to their bodies, it won't feel scary. It's just somebody nosing in on them, for example. Um, they can certainly come through loved ones in the form of messing with electronics that's a typical one so that again can be like oh my gosh my tv just came on by itself or oh my gosh music is playing or the kettles electric kettles just gone on these are all things i've experienced and my clients have certainly experienced as well so i do need to say thank you guys for popping in but you know that gives me the willies can you stop <laughs> flickering with the light switch thank you <laughs> especially if it's night time for myself I can still get creeped out by that stuff but when it comes to ghosts it will feel exceptionally different like completely different immediately your whole being it's the typical your whole being feels cold 
and terrified, your hair stands on end, you will feel that temperature shift. um, It's remarkable because there's no doubt that there is a ghost um, right amidst your presence. A lot of clients um, and myself, if you step into a building and it feels scary, you feel there's a, 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 a ghosts within that building they will know immediately or they can feel it in a certain room or location and then they will exit so that can be a great strategy if it comes to one's home this is now your sacred space and it's perfectly fine that you are living within this space so if you have someone who a ghostly presence that is in that same space you can stand your ground and demand that they leave immediately and universal law states that they must abide with what you're saying i personally first thing before i even do that is call in archangel michael and michael will come in straight away Mm. archangel michael please be with me now thank you and give me complete protection and then saying to the ghost i demand that you leave this house or this space immediately now this is if you're really petrified and it is a ghost as opposed to a spirit which you can assist to um, go over towards the light you can let them know that it's safe to leave this uh, energetic uh, planet that we're on so on and so forth but with ghosts you do want to understand your own power I think as humans, we are not aware that when we work with spirit, when we work with the angels, when we work with the uh, energy of the universe, that is very empowering in the context of they are there to lovingly assist you and help you. So protection is one of those ways that they can assist us. And And it's fabulous. And you will feel that ghost then leave immediately. I've never had a client who has not had that work for Mm. them. And I've used it myself as well. And it's a great relief when you feel that presence leave straight away. Now, so in your mind, how would you define the difference between spirit and ghost? That there's obviously a very different energy and everyone uses those words a little differently sometimes. Yeah, so for myself, a spirit will be... For example, let's say a loved one. It will be someone from our soul family. It was will be some beloved person that we've known from a previous lifetime, for example. Um, so it will feel safe. It will feel comfortable. We will not be scared at all. And we will have that knowingness of their presence. Um, and if you don't, if you, if you, know that someone's there and you can't define who it is you can simply ask so again i want you to feel empowered that any questions that you have please do ask them and ask them for uh, clear messages now that will feel like a safe loving presence when it comes to ghosts it's the polar opposite a ghost will feel very scary and you'll feel your whole being energetically will change vibrationally it will change again as i said just now the uh, the temperature in that space will change it's fascinating Mm. but but those two are are extremely different things and then with the presence of the angels which again um um, i see uh, differently angels are a very high vibrational um essence and so um uh, so their vibration will be very elevated and light and unconditionally loving whereas um a spirit that was human the vibration will be lower um and and denser um is the easiest way to describe it and a ghost will feel very um uh, um dense in comparison to the other two So as I was listening to another aspect of protection that comes up is the idea Mm. of having energetic boundaries. And uh, we, you know, you mentioned you're an empath and that's another way it seems to me, I have something that's empathic where all of a sudden you feel uh, a more massive energy come into you. 
uh, in that, like, like for me, um, you know, if I walk into a room and let's say there's been a lot of arguing in that room, but there's uh, no one arguing now. Yeah. So another aspect of not so much protection is, is having energetic boundaries so that you don't have to always experience that, that you can immediately say, you know, or, or allow it to go through you. Um, so in, in your case, if you, Ooh. if you're by, you know, let's say you're somewhere where there's a large group of people yeah. and, and you're starting to feel things that you just, maybe you don't have the, um, energy to feel right now and you can't do anything about it. What would you do? Yeah. For myself, I'm, I have to say I'm kind of old school in the context that again, I was brought up very English where you did as you were told. And then with my ballet background, again, you did as you were told. So I will sort of um, suck it up, as it were, and stay in that space if I need to stay in that space. Certainly ask for that protection. But sometimes uh, on this planet, it is what it is. Um, When it comes to other empaths, unfortunately, as of yet, I've never heard of a magic off switch where you can turn (laughs) all of that that you are feeling um, off. Being empathic, you feel things 24-7. So you're constantly bombarded. And I will certainly say to everybody, listen to what your body is telling you in any situation and learn to put those boundaries up so that you are protecting yourself and your own energy. This is not in a selfish way. This is in a um, way of self-love, self-protection, so that you don't become too depleted, especially because empathic people tend to be very generous and loving and giving and want to help everybody and everything. So it's a lot to give out. So one needs to reserve one's energy as best as you can and then even what michael and i find is just doing things normal things that are fun and that that that, um since we live the world of the metaphysical person that sometimes we just want to go and go to a concert or (sighs) watch a hockey game and and how that is i mean that's normally what important but i feel like it's even more important for us yeah it is i mean for myself music is life to me as as you know, <laughs> i always say concerts are my church um i know michael and i have spoken about um concerts and musicians a lot over the years um uh But to be able to have that liberation, that freedom of just washing everything off in a way that feels fun and enjoyable to you, it's imperative to gift yourself with that. So if you can rock out at a concert or dance it out in my case and sing it out and enjoy yourself, it is very important because when you are a super sensitive on this planet, yes, you can feel the stupendous joyous things that happen to people and miracles that happen in people's lives but one also feels the um trauma and the injustice and so all the heavy stuff but because we're on a planet of uh, uh, duality so it's a lot to take in so we do need to make a point to cleanse ourselves and wash ourselves and when we can have that fun because that joyousness that fun laughing it's such a high vibrational state to be in and so that will assist us and in turn then we can be there to help others we were just talking about that on a show we did a show on humor in spirituality and laughter yeah and the importance of laughing and yeah. how like some even some pads make you laugh like i found this qigong uh, exercise during the pandemic and one of the things is you you laugh you and it sounds kind of weird yeah. at first but yeah. you start laughing and you really yeah. do feel better yeah, yeah and so you can literally just laugh for no reason and it helps yeah completely and I think more and more people are catching on to that I know um like around 2000 um I was back in Denmark in Copenhagen where I lived for many years um back in the day But they had it in their um, square where um, they had everyone could come and join in. And it was a morning of laughing. They can be very on it, those Danes. They're they're fantastic (laughs) in that way. Um, 
but they'd have it where one person started to laugh and then it would be infectious so that everyone would get that relief. And again, we're talking 22 years ago. Mm. So, yeah, it's a wonderful gift to allow yourself to laugh. Yeah. Mm. Now, I was thinking that uh, you had, you know, people that trained you along the way. Do yeah. you offer programs to train people specifically with the angel practice? Do you yeah. have a course that you do? Yeah, I've been teaching uh, my course for many years, certified holistic angel practitioner, CHAP. <laughs> it's very it's cheeky chappy, got that English <laughs> <laughs> thrown in there. Um, I've been teaching that course for many years I adore it but I um, also have so much fun teaching one-on-one so um, if anyone wants to learn be open to receiving the message guidance understanding how to read angel cards and oracle cards that is something I absolutely adore um, doing for other people. That's wonderful. And we'll definitely let people know how to contact you towards the end of the show. Thank you. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, what would be your vision of where you see this, um, these practices going? Because as you know, you've seen it going from not a lot of people doing yes. it to now it's hugely popular. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen in terms of the, the lo- longer term vision right now uh, in that, you know, some people think we're in the age of Aquarius or we're on the edge of the age of Aquarius. Have you thought about what's going to come next? Yeah, well, from everything that I have seen and educated myself on, we are moving from third dimensional planet into the fifth dimension. So energetically, we are raising our vibration and becoming elevated. Hence, so many people are opening up now and connecting with their higher self with their spirit with their soul um and feeling that and for the first time seeing signs and symbols for the first time seeing spirits um feeling things energetically and um, i think it's absolutely wonderful that people are connecting with that aspect of themselves so that they become well-rounded beings and also their hearts are becoming uh, more open which is can only be good um on this planet so i think it's it's a beautiful time and it's also an an honor to be on this planet during this time of shift and change even though um i'm seeing so many clients that have had a lot of challenges and triggers um, and traumatic experiences during this time i'm i'm seeing um certain things within people's lives doing a 180 they're moving they're changing jobs they're um uh, moving from their spouses so on and so forth so a lot of change vibrationally we're really being aligned with things now that we feel that connectedness with that's what i'm seeing a lot with clients now, one of the things I'm seeing, and maybe you are too, is there's also been um, more obvious talk around mental illness in all fields. Yes. And there's also the beginning of collaboration, just the beginning. There's, uh, for instance, in the tarot world, there are conferences now that uh, psychologists and tarot people meet. And even though I have read for people that go to a therapist and they go to the tarot, and I've also yeah. been scrutinized by therapists and passed their test. I was kind of impressed. I, I, I thought, oh, finally, you know, that yep. because it, that, that we're now we're also acknowledging mental illness more. Uh, yes. I think it's been buried and pushed aside. Um, yeah. And, and I, do you think that that this can there can be a more of a marriage between the psychology world and the spiritual metaphysical world working together to help people heal? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's wonderful everything that you're saying, and, and I'm in complete agreement. An absolute gratitude that now people are really being in acceptance of um, mental health and anything that can be challenging for humans on this earthly planet. I, I think it's absolutely stupendous. I know when it comes to, um, for example, I have a lot of clients that have been through um, just heinous abuse, unfortunately, and for themselves, consequently, um, they they could have um, 
hard words that were very challenging or traumatic to them as innocent children and also uh, um, for those who have had it either in continuation in adulthood or else they come across it in adulthood. And um, I remember many, many years ago speaking uh, to somebody who trained others in psychology and therapy and they said that once somebody messes with your head that sticks with you and stays with you and of course uh, you know it's been scientifically proven for example with words that words do have an effect on us as humans they um, say that humans are approximately 75% water and when they've done the scientific studies where you're talking to water and when you say beauteous things magnificent things the molecules become exquisite and when you say evil cruel things into the water the molecules become distorted so consequently when we say kind beauteous words to ourselves that will have an effect um, encouraging ourselves etc um, that will certainly help us to consciously um, override um, any pre-programming for example that we've had and um, when we um, uh, uh, hear awful evil cruel words or somebody berating us or abusing us for example that will physically have an effect on us and the same when when we are around beautiful kind loving words so I do recommend as much as anybody can to start choosing and aligning yourself with people who are very supportive and uplifting and make you feel fabulous. I would also add that to me it has to be connected because otherwise you deal with flatterers, people that say things to you but they don't mean no, what they say. Yes, what you're saying is that yeah. you truly, no, no, and, and yeah. one of the ways I found that's easy to start with is, is admiring nature out loud. And I learned this from a teacher. Oh. I learned this from my um, teacher who uh, taught me about crow medicine. And she studied with Lakota for like 10 years, and she yeah. and her husband. And whenever we were outside, she would always say, oh, my beautiful one. Or she talked to the plants. And at first I felt really awkward because it did not matter who was there. Yeah. She was completely absorbed in it. And it after a while, I, I found myself doing that. <laughs> Yeah. So I felt a little awkward at first because I'd never I'd never seen anyone do that yeah. without anyone. She didn't care what people thought at all. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I know one of my friends on the East Coast um, at the time, her gardener uh, called herself the fairy gardener and she would invoke fairies to come and assist. And, and these gardens would just be extraordinary consequently. Um, talking to plants, again, scientific scientifically proven that it does assist plants with growth when you say beautiful things uh, and words to the plants um also if uh, um uh, another thing in addition that i've done for myself is uh, invoke reiki healing energy um, to assist with healing plants and if you're not attuned to reiki then you can ask that you be a channel for healing energy you can invoke archangel Raphael, the archangel of healing beautiful emerald green auric field and just ask that Raphael assist you in healing a plant also this comes to um uh, the beautiful animal kingdom certainly um uh, i've used it to assist with healing birds i, I know you and michael adore uh, birds and your own birds um but also i've had it with teeny tiny bugs where mm -hmm. they've just seemed lifeless bees that have seemed lifeless so on and so forth so please don't ever look at the the smallest teeny gnat or fly or um little um bumblebee and think it's passed on and you feel sadness for that especially if it's on your watch and it falls into your glass of water or something and then it's a panic to save it but you can just um invoke that healing energy or call upon the angels to assist with healing that beautiful bumblebee for example and i've seen it time and time again and certainly i've been doing that ever since i can remember um in asking that they be healed for their highest good because it may be their time mm. to move on so we always want to ask it, that anything be for their highest good whether it's um uh, um any living beautiful being on the planet 
It's funny. I've seen that happen a couple of times with insects uh, on my watch. And I do think that, that you have a lot of energy in your hand. And yes. it's like kind of like using, yeah. um, you know, pumping their heart, you know. Uh, and I was amazed when one returned. I thought for sure it was dead. I figured it was a spider or a cockroach. And it, was, it looked like it was dead. And I said, I'm yeah. going to try anyway. And I called on Tara. And then a little while later, it came back. And yeah. I said, oh, my God, yeah, that actually worked. Because uh, in the does. past, I don't think I would have tried. I would have thought, well, how could I be a vehicle for that? Yeah. But I, it's true. You never know. And then sometimes they do pass. But at least you feel like you gave them some you know, energy yes. and love. Yes. And you can always say a blessing for them as well when they pass. Yeah. It was fascinating. I remember many, many years ago, one of my uh, cats, uh, I lived on the East Coast at the time, she was called Angel, because she was, um, and she brought me in a present of this uh, teeny mouse, oh my gosh, and I was so, I understand it's a gift from her, but not the sort of gift, (laughs) Um, although I uh, I thanked Angel, but for myself, um the beautiful mouse did pass unfortunately and as I held her within a beautiful box um that I had to carry her outside um to lay her to rest I saw the soul of her it looked like this beautiful white cloud come out of this gorgeous beautiful mouse rise up and then dissipate I had never seen anything like it it was so crystal clear and that was such an honor and a blessing that this mouse Mm. showed me this it was it was amazing oh that's a beautiful story I love that so yeah I think you never know what's going to happen you do the best because you it could be the mouse's time like you said and yeah and it has lessons for you I feel like animals have taught me a lot of things as well yeah and you are amazing with animals I did want to mention that you also design jewelry yes and you have a couple of pieces on for those of you that are watching you can see it's isn't it called the angels rock yeah it's called the angels rock because the angels do rock um I love the angels (laughs) I love my rock music um, <laughs> and they are rocks that I incorporate for healing and empowering the wearer. So every single piece that I make, for example, like I'm wearing an angel ring, a wing is to remind us that the angels are with us. I've been blessed with um, one of my angel wing necklaces, for example, um, was in Harper's Bazaar, uh, worn by beautiful Oscar winner Viola Davis. Uh, Paris Jackson uh, where's my jewelry pink for example a, a lot of beautiful people um, uh, wear my jewelry for that self-empowerment and every single piece has meaning and also um, a percentage just go to charity because for myself being able to assist others is um, just what I always have felt called to do so in any way I can help to empower and gift others in that way I, I just love it so much um, so yeah the, uh, theangelsrock.com and then your own services are at wendyallenby.com yes wendyallenby.com and you can find uh, all of Wendy's services that she offers from clearings to readings to hypnotherapy uh, and then I notice they do carry some of your jewelry if you're locally. I know at Mystic Journey. Yeah, at Mystic Journey, and I also have it in hotels. Um, uh, the Kimpton in West Hollywood, for example, carries my jewelry. I've had it in uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Um, but yes, I, I am. Other locations do carry my jewelry, which is which is really wonderful. Well, we are getting to the end of the show now. I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. And I've really appreciated getting to know you even a little bit more and having this. Wendy is a great listener. And sometimes I feel I am talking way more than I should around Wendy, but she is a great listener. So I got to listen to you. I'm really happy. Oh, and I just want to say what an honor and blessing it is to be here with you and Michael. And also what exceptional readers you are. You are so authentic, so fantastic as readers. I can't stress it enough. And uh, consequently, I've recommended you over the years. And I recommend you to anybody and to our listeners I cannot stress enough, 
if you have any concerns or need any guidance and, uh, and assistance, please do seek that guidance from Krista and Michael. They are fantastic at their jobs and highly oh. gifted. Well, thank you. And I say the same for Wendy, too. She's oh, our guest. Thank and thank you all for listening. Thank Tune in you. next time as we explore the esoteric and the obscure together. Have a great week.